Good morning and happy Easter. Um, first, two caveats. Uh, I'm a crier, so please bear with me. Second, when I was first asked to do this testimony, I was both excited and utterly terrified. I kept thinking about what I was going to say, praying for the Lord to guide and direct me. Then it dawned on me. This isn't my testimony. It's the testimony of the Lord and what he's done in my life, throughout my life, from the beginning until now. To that end, I've tried to keep that in mind when giving this account. This is the testimony of the Lord's grace and faithfulness. I was born Ellen Mary Jones. As you can probably assume, I was raised Catholic. I really enjoyed going to church, and I always had a reverent love for and fear of the Lord. Both at home and at church, I had extensive Christian education. In the summers, I was allowed to go to um, vacation Bible school with my Protestant neighbors. I um, learned all the Christian fundamentals. I think because of reading and learning the Gospels and feeling in my gut that they were the truth and that the relationship that the Lord wanted with us was like the relationship he had with the apostles. I've always known that Jesus died on the cross for my sins, and I've always been grateful for that sacrifice. But I had no concept that my debt had been paid in full. There was nothing above and beyond that that I could do to earn my way into heaven. I also had no concept that the Lord loved me unconditionally, or that my sins, past, present, and future, were forgiven when Jesus died on the cross for me. As I approached my teens, however, seeing and experiencing a lot of the good, bad, and the ugly among God's people, I decided that I didn't want to be a part of what I was seeing. That and I was becoming a teenager in the 70s, and I wanted to party and have a lot of fun, Um, or what sounded like a lot of fun. Um, I always felt there was a type of relationship with the Lord that I could have, but I couldn't I couldn't find it. I always loved the Lord, but I evidently loved myself more. And you can't have it both ways. In 19, um, as I pro- uh, sorry, in 1991, I got married for all the wrong reasons. I stayed in that marriage for 15 years, mainly because it was just easier to stay. And I felt I'd made a vow that I had to keep. Ultimately, I was divorced in 2006. I met and married my husband, Raymond, on February 21st, 2009. We lived in Letterock, Upper Montgomery County, and I thought that he and I could begin a new life and find a church family, and I would find a relationship with the Lord that I'd been looking for. We visited all kinds of churches, but for a multitude of reasons, he could never settle in one. One of his friends from his prior church passed away, and we went to the funeral, and I met many of his old church family there. At the funeral, the eulogies for this gentleman were amazing. They told of a godly man who could be found every morning at the kitchen table with his cup of coffee, devotional, and Bible open studying. The eulogies told of his lifelong relationship with the Lord and his godly character. I knew right away, that's what I want. That's what I've been looking for. We started attending this church regularly, and everyone welcomed us with open arms. Soon after this, on May 6, 2013, Raymond was admitted into the hospital. He was diagnosed with hepatic encephalopathy, which is brain poisoning because the liver is not able to process your toxins, and he wasn't eligible for a liver transplant. Shortly after that, 
All of the following happened within the next eight months. I was told in June that my job with Merck would end in September. On June 14th, our house was robbed while I was at work. The office building that Raymond owned went into foreclosure. I had to pack up all the offices and get everything out by the end of 4th of July weekend. Our house was foreclosed on. I had to sell Raymond's business, and there was no life insurance because of his illness he got behind in the premiums. All through this time, I'm holding fast to a Bible verse I found on a prayer card that I long ago put inside my Bible, Isaiah 49:15. See, I will not forget you. I have carved you on the palm of my hand. Raymond passed away that December of 2013. After the funeral, I, I really lost it. I felt like my insides had been ripped out of my body, and there was a giant cavity where they used to be. I could not see a future for myself without him, and I didn't think I would ever not feel the agony of this loss. I continued to attend our church, read my Bible, and volunteer at a food bank. I had a few church friends, and I attended small group. I was baptized on June 16, 2014. Originally, I didn't think I needed to because I'd been baptized as a baby. I felt as though I'd already been baptized. But as I was growing in the Lord, I heard a pastor on a radio program say that one of the primary things that God requests of us is to be baptized. In my new understanding, I wanted to seal the beginning of the new, my new relationship with the Lord. Immediately following my baptism, I was really overwhelmed. I felt like I had a completely clean slate, and it took me by surprise. I just wanted to go off somewhere and be silent and listen. In August 2014, I moved back into my old house that I'd been renting out after marrying Raymond, but the commute was too long for the job that I had, so I put it up for sale in May of 2016, and it sold. All through this, I'm talking to the Lord, asking, are you sure this is what you want me to do? I'm involved with my church. I have church friends. I'd, I'd have to start all over. Was I misinterpreting his plan? Was this the enemy trying to keep me from the Lord's plan? Because I knew there was a plan. To be closer to my job, I started looking at apartments in Bucks County. So basically, I sold my house. I have nowhere to go and no money to put down. But I believe the Lord had a plan for my life, and part of that plan was to help people through my story. I didn't know how, I didn't know where, but I had faith that there was a plan and it would eventually be revealed. I remembered a sermon that I'd heard where a man had felt the calling to be a missionary, so he left everything, went to the airport with no money, and got in the ticket line. The line kept moving up and moving up, and even though he, um, sorry, he, the line kept moving up and moving up, and even though he had no money, he believed the Lord would provide. As he was third in line, the person in front of him turned around and said, I changed my mind. Do you want my ticket? I wanted to have the faith of a man like that. So I kept praying and trusting. I looked at a bunch of different apartments and houses for rent, but no one would take me. So on a lark, I went to see an apartment on Sycamore Street, and it turned out that the realtor went to LaSalle High School. I had gone to their sister school, Mount St. Joseph's Academy. We talked, and I explained the situation, and he said, I can tell you're good people. Just fill out the application, and I'm sure you'll be fine. You'll just need to put up six months of advance rent and as good faith. You're okay with that, right? I'm like, sure, no problem. When I sell the equity, when I sell my house, I'll have all the equity, and I'll have plenty of money. Closing was scheduled for August 28th. 
Two weeks before that, I get a call from my realtor saying that, uh, who was selling my house, and he told me that there was an IRS lien against my house for $40,000. That would have been all the equity in my house. I was so confused, and I basically broke down. There was a young couple expecting to move into my house in two weeks. I'd sold all my jewelry. Everything I was moving was packed. I was up against a solid brick wall called the IRS, and I had no idea how this was going to turn out. As I looked around my house, which was completely filled with moving boxes, I was devastated. I sat in the chair that faced west to the sunset, and it was sunset, and I started crying and yelling. Lord, what, what do I do now? I thought there was a plan. I thought I was doing everything you wanted me to do. And now there's this brick wall that I can't surmount. And this affects other people, not just me. Will I get sued? And where am I supposed to live? I have no money and nowhere to live. How could I possibly have misunderstood? I was utterly terrified, but I was resolved to remain steadfast in the confidence that there was a greater plan. All I could do was rely on the faith that the Lord loved me, had a plan, and it would unfold in front of me as I went along one foot in front of the other. I met with the apartment realtor to get the keys and sign the lease. I was supposed to bring that future dated check for the six months advance rent, and I wrote it out, and with my hands shaking, he says, you know what? I know you're good for it. Just give me the regular first and last month's rent. I nearly jumped out of my skin. I still didn't know where I was going to find that money, but I wrote the check in the faith that the Lord would provide it. The next day on Sunday after church, a girlfriend called me and she asked me, you know, how things were going. And I just broke down and told her everything. And she said, I'll lend you the first and last month's rent. Just pay me back when you can. It, it was a miracle. All I had to do was have faith and keep putting one foot in front of the other. Literally, as I was driving behind the moving trucks to my new apartment, my accountant called and said the whole IRS situation was resolved. I was left with just enough money to pay back my girlfriend. Just enough money to pay her back. The whole ordeal was over, and the chapters were closed, and I could start over. I visited a bunch of churches looking for a church home, and for eight months I prayed to the Lord to give me a place where I could start over in, somewhere I could serve and have his family. I felt assurance from the Lord in Joel 2.25. I will restore to you the years that the swarming locusts have eaten. On Good Friday, 2017, I was at a really large local church, and after services, I struck up a conversation with a random girl, and she said, if you're looking for a church with community, you want to go to Crossing Community Church. And here I am sharing this with you, fulfilling the Lord's promise. As I look back over the last five years, I believe the Lord was removing everything that would take my focus away from him and his plan for me to be the woman that he originally created me to be. He wanted to show me that I need to only ever rely on him for everything. I also think the Lord answered my prayer to become like the man whose eulogy I had admired years ago. And that's my story.